0: hey what's up everybody it's Aaron with hex life and style so in episode 20 I sit down with my buddy coop of coop caps closet if you're not following him on Instagram it's at coop caps closet now his knowledge of the industry and his ability to entertain his audience and give back to his audience is absolutely taking Instagram live by storm now in episode 20 we sit down and we talk a little bit about that we talk about industry trends We talk about his time in stand-up comedy, and we chop it up about some of our childhood favorites. So grab a drink, sit back, and enjoy episode number 20 with my buddy Coop of Coop Caps Closet. Okay, brother, we're rolling. So I'm with Coop of uh, Coop Coop Caps Closet. It's an actual tongue twister. But um, I'm with Coop. Uh, Man, I appreciate you joining me for the podcast. Uh, Just to give you a little idea, I'm I'm super excited. I saw you pop on. I know you've only done a few lives, but I saw one of your lives and uh, I remember I jumped in it and You were just, it was, I think it was, I may have even been your first one that you kind of promoted or whatever, but I just started following your Instagram page and I hopped on one of your lives and I was like, man, this guy, I mean, the way you were describing things and the stories that you were telling and things like that, I I had to have you on the podcast because I was like, (laughs) there's so much more behind this guy, I think, than just you know the reselling of vintage clothing and things like that. So thank you for doing this. I appreciate that.
1: For sure, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: Let's jump in straight in. So give the audience, if they the people who may not know you, give the audience kind of an idea of who you are, where you're located, and and that kind of thing.
1: Sure. So uh, people call me Coop. I should say the homies call me Coop. Um, I am out in Minneapolis, Minnesota right now. I'm from Orange County, California. I've lived in Minnesota for about eight years now. I have uh, a little shop out here in Minneapolis that uh, I sell wholesale out of and then, you know, also high-end type stuff as well. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I'm repping Minnesota now, you know, with COVID, I'm not really in California at all since this has gone down, but hopefully uh, soon I'll be able to keep popping back and forth.
0: So that's a major culture shock. I can only imagine from going from the west coast of California. What what area of California did you say?
1: Orange County, Orange or like County. the beach cities. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So going from Orange County to Minnesota, uh, you know, the culture, everything is probably way different. But I can. I, I, how do you How do you even adapt to that winter?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, you don't. You don't ever. I never have, and I dread it. And I'm dreading it now because it's already getting into fall and the temperatures are dropping into the you know high 50s sometimes 40s at night. And it's just a reminder that in a month we're going to get dumped on, you know, with a bunch of snow and it's going to be cold for the next 6 months. So it's uh it's the hardest part of my transition is the difference in culture and environments and people like it, everything's different, man. I mean I'm I'm a little bit of an oddball coming from California and the way I dress and the way that I talk being in a state where people are, you know, uh, bringing up the fact that I say the word rad and dude, and they haven't heard it since, you know, the eighties. It's just, it's very weird when that's yeah. like commonplace in California, you know, you have 60 year old saying dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I get it, man. I, I can see that. I mean, of course, you, you're probably cracking up at my accent. It's, you know, that thick Southern, that kind of that Kentucky accent, but I get it all the time. Everybody's like, is that, are you from Texas? Where are you? You know, that sounds, yeah, it's off. And, but, um, I can only imagine, I mean, I, I've spent, my best friend lives in La Jolla in San Diego and I've been out there with, with him some. And then, but I've been, you know, with my, my job and things I I used to work for a couple, um, companies out in California out in the Thousand Oaks area. And um, so I spent a lot of time out in, um, out in in Thousand Oaks and in California. And it's just, it's like, it's, I love it. I love California. And so, um, but when I come back to Kentucky, I'm glad to be back home because I grew up here. I'm from here, you know, born and raised, you know, friends, family, everything like that. So I can't imagine you though, going from California where you were born and raised to live in Minnesota (laughs) But, uh, but I know you probably – I know you probably adapt and uh, are making the best of it for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time, but I'd say last year was probably the first year that I really accepted winter, you know, for being winter and, and didn't complain every day about how cold it was. And um, so, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things. My kids are here. That's the only reason I'm here. When I wouldn't be in the state of Minnesota. I didn't yeah. have kids. So, well, hey. Um, Yeah.
0: Kudos to you. Kudos to you, Coop, for sure. I mean, because that's what it's about. I mean, you know, it's about about your kids and being a good father. And, you know, I uh, I travel back and forth. I have joint custody of my kids. And so I'm traveling back and forth every week, you know, having them, you know. And, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, I love it. I love, you know, da- I'm a dad first and foremost Then before I am anything else. So um, kudos to you for that, for sure. Hey, but the the cool thing is about the winter weather, man, you get to find probably a ton of cool coats and, and things like that. So you can add that to your, to your vintage, uh, vintage inventory as well.
1: This is true, but unfortunately you're only able to really sell that kind of stuff to certain places in the U S because nobody in California is buying, you know, a heavy starter jacket. It's never cold. It's never cold enough there to wear. So, I mean, for locals, it's great. Um, but you know, selling online or to people outside of a cold state, uh, your clientele is basically the East coast, you know, the whole West coast, nobody's buying those jackets. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool. And it all depends too on what you're into. I'm, I'm kind of like not really into all of the things that I was into when I first got into vintage. I'm, I'm heavily into nineties now. And, uh, you know, and I kind of have my my market and, and what I like, and it's definitely not the old sports stuff anymore like I used to love. I mean, oh yeah,
0: yeah. It's got it's got to be
1: the right piece for me to get excited now, but I I feel like I've pretty much kind of gotten burned out on all of the the sports jackets and the things. They're they're abundant here for sure, especially Green Bay Packers and Minnesota yeah. Vikings stuff.
0: Yeah. I can see that. I mean, plus, you know, I I don't don't know how old, you know, what your age is, but I, you know, for me, I lived through that era of starter jackets and and as a kid and, you know, it was cool. The nostalgia aspect was cool for a while, but then all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm tired of trying to get them and flip them and resell them and things like that. Because you're right, there is a lot easier to sell a cool t-shirt than it is a starter jacket um, because it is very seasonal. So let's, let's, oh, yeah. get in, let's get into to, to a little, let's talk about you. Uh, how did, you talked about early on in vintage. So how did you get into the vintage industry and, you know, kind of talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, um, I mean, I, since I was a teenager, I was always into vintage and going to thrift stores and buying things to essentially go to school to make people laugh and not take myself very serious with the outfits that I wore. And then I got out of that pretty much my whole life up until about a year and a half ago. And uh, when I went on disability after a surgery that I had, and I came across Paul Cantu, and I I just remember him reminding me so much of me when I was a teen. I'm 42, so, you know, I definitely lived through that era of starter jackets. But, um, you know, I saw him, and I just i was like man this guy has so much fun i remember how much fun it was for me to go to vintage you know stores and shop and then he challenged people one day because he said he got a lot of like um, negative comments all the time and on his youtube channel about how people didn't believe he found that stuff in a store and it was all rigged and he said you know i just challenge you guys to go out and you'll find something so i'm like what do i have to lose so i went out the next day And I'll never forget. I guess what got me into it was the first piece I found was like a vintage Ralph Lauren rugby. It was a USA spell out, and I think I spent six bucks on it. Sold it for maybe sixty or something like that. But I I just know that that's what hooked me and said, you know what, I want to keep doing this. I think it's fun to, you know, the thrill of the hunt, and I'm going to give it a shot. And so that's really what got me back into wanting to. I guess by vintage was that I was just being home for the last almost two years now and and having a lot of free time on my hands and it was it was a way for me to get out and to not think about being depressed and bummed you know coming off of this crazy surgery that I had Mm -hmm. and uh it just kind of I mean it got out of control (laughs) for sure and shopping was like my addiction and then you know the more people you meet the more you learn about what's this and what's that and what's worth you know money and what's not And i feel like i wound up re-donating half of the stuff i bought in the beginning because i was just buying everything thinking anything Ralph Lauren or Tommy Hilfiger was worth money and uh you know so that's kind of all the what i was saying earlier it's all the stuff that i i don't really care for much anymore it's not really my style and i feel like i've come a long way since then and learning more about vintage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody that gets into the, to the resale aspect of it, you know, starts, you know, thinking along those lines and, and buying as much as they can, if they think that there's any profit involved, you know, you, you kind of get so much all of a sudden built up and then you're, you have stuff that, you know, just isn't of interest to a lot of, of people. Um, we've all, I think we've all been there where we have bought and ended up taking it back and donating it because you just can't sell it or just basically giving it away. I know I do a lot of pop-ups and events and things like that. And I'll have a whole just bin of stuff that is a dollar to $5 and it's just, you know, just grab it and if, you know, you never know. I mean, it's funny cause I always sell out of that stuff because it is so cheap. I guess yeah. people are, are thinking, you know, I, mean, I can make something happen with this. But um, people,
1: well, we'll talk a little bit about, a deal. about What's that? I was saying people are always looking for a deal, that's for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And especially even the resellers, I mean, because a lot of them are looking, they'll buy, you know, out of the $5 bin, thinking that they'll be able to resell it to someone either they know that has interest in that or, you know, a lot of the college kids can resell a lot of that stuff. For a little yeah. bit more, so um, talk a little bit about um you talked about getting into it and reselling um, the reselling side of things really kind of sparking that interest. Would you say you're a collector first or a reseller first?
1: Um, definitely a collector because i don't I don't sell much <laughs> i i I have the guys that come and buy for me in bulk, you know, and it's usually the stuff that i I could care less about. So, you know, they'll get good deals, but I have a big connection to vintage and have a story I feel like for every t-shirt that I get, you know, it it replaces some uh, memory in my mind for a time in my life that I can trace it back to. And so it's harder for me to, I guess, let go. And I haven't been active at all with uh, Depop or eBay and selling in probably six months. I I can't even think of the last time I posted anything on either one of those platforms. I do everything mainly through Instagram now, and I have more, I guess, excitement and joy selling to other uh, people on IG, because I feel like they're the ones that show the appreciation more than somebody randomly buying it, you know, off of Depop and, and definitely off of eBay. I don't think anybody really cares. Everybody's looking for a deal on eBay. So um, yeah, man. uh, I definitely, it was very hard when I opened up my shop to sell at all because I kind of had a hoarder's mentality almost where, you know, it meant something to me to the point where I could care less of a person, you know, if I walked away from $500 for a t-shirt because it just meant that much to me to keep. So I'm trying to get better at that because, I mean, the whole, you know, goal is to obviously go into business for yourself and not have to ever work for a corporate company again or or anywhere for that matter and uh the only way to do that is if you sell stuff so I've gotten better at it but it's still really hard like I said for me to let go of a lot of things like this t-shirt in particular I mean everybody's wanted this anytime I've worn it a couple times and every time people are like oh sell me that shirt but I mean this show is what got me into comedy what got me on stage to do stand-up and uh I don't know, man. It just, it'll always hold a special place. I'll probably die with this shirt, you know? Like, I don't think I'd ever sell it, even though it's probably only a $100, $120 t shirt Yeah. It's, uh, it's worth way more to me than that.
0: I don't blame you. I mean, I've had this conversation with numerous people, and that's the thing. I mean, the cool thing is, is we're always looking for shirts that, you know, that sparks some type of memory of our past or really kind of has a story behind it. And I'm the same way. I mean, I hold on to that stuff. And it's not that it's super valuable or that I think it's going to be worth so much more in the next, you know, five years. It's more along the lines of it has value to me from a from a memory standpoint, you know, and that's yeah. the value to me. So I, I completely can, can relate to what you're talking about. So talk a little bit about you just mentioned, you know, you opened up a whole nother can of worms here with the with the stand-up comedy. So talk about that. What so you do stand-up comedy or have you done stand-up comedy in the past?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, that started in high school and uh, my junior year. Actually, I'd say my sophomore year and then junior year, I transferred high schools. And it's like my – I feel like my theater and, and comedy just blew up. And I was selling out shows where kids had to actually pay to see me perform uh my junior year and my senior year both times and being the new kid it was just a pretty crazy experience that i got that much acceptance uh for just being who you know i was and who i aspired to be which i thought i'd be in entertainment i thought i would be a famous you know stand up comedian but um so when i graduated high school i went to la and i i did the whole stand up comedy and you know i guess if i was to toot my own horn the greatest thing that came out of that was um the fact that I got so much love and support, I don't think I ever had one show that wasn't sold out. And this was pretty cool confirmation to me that, you know, I had something special going on that all these strangers are now paying to come see me, you know? And, uh, and so that was really fun, man. But unfortunately I got sidetracked with women and dating and not one girl ever supported what I did because they were under the impression if I did make it that I would no longer want to be with them. I mean, just, I listened to the dumbest things, you know, in the relationships that I was in. And I just, I stopped performing, man. Like I just got too consumed with dating and and chasing after things that just didn't make, you know, they didn't get me to where I wanted to be. And that's definitely one of my biggest regrets in life is that I didn't keep pursuing my comedy because, I was meeting everybody, man. I was going on auditions all the time. And I just, with the things I was being told, you would think of, you'd keep pursuing it, but I don't know, man. It, uh, I got sidetracked and, you know, it is what it is. I'm in Minnesota now, and this is not where you move to be famous, that's for sure. But it's all good. You know, my job now is just to be an awesome dad and, and hopefully a successful business person doing this. And, it just wasn't in the plans, I guess, man. And, you know, and I guess it's not over for me in comedy. I still think about it all the time. I still write down skits and stuff, but my heart's just not really in it like it used to be. I think I'm just more uh, consumed with what I'm doing now with my lives and, you know, vintage. And I just enjoy this, man. I just enjoy doing this right now.
0: Well, listen, I, I can get that. I mean, you know, the path of, of, of every I mean, just life in general, you throw you curve balls and you go different ways and, and down different, different paths here and there. But, uh, um, I, what about like, so is there anything on YouTube, any comedy that I can look up? Cause I'd love to check it out. I yeah, love, I have, I love com- comedy.
1: So. I have everything recorded, but nothing, I've never put anything online because YouTube wasn't even really a thing when I was doing it. I mean, we're talking, I graduated in 96 and Mm -hmm. I was performing until probably 2006 and everything was bring your camcorder or bring a cell phone, but actually I didn't even think, no, not, not bring your cell phone. There was no cameras on cell phones yet, but um, yeah, everything was, it was recorded. So I've never done it, but I mean, Jim Carrey was my biggest influence uh, growing up and I, I mirrored a lot of what he did in in terms of impersonating. And that's what I was known for on stage was I just, I loved impersonating people. And it's funny because I hate it. I hate doing stuff in front of one person, but if you were to put me in front of 900 people or 2000 or whatever, it's like, that's when I really thrive the most and what I look forward to. So don't, Try to get me to do any impersonations right now, because I probably I probably wouldn't. Man, to be honest, but
0: no, I won't put you on the spot like that. But I I could see you know the you know I'd love to I'd love for you to send me send me a, a video of it, man, because I would love to see see that. I I was a huge Jim Carrey fan. I still am, and I'm my kids are 13 and 14, so I'm introducing them to that whole you know in Living Color Jim Carrey type um, you know movie you know, genre, you know, era and all of that. What, you know, have you seen the movie? Let me ask you, Jim, if you're a big Jim Carrey fan, have you ever seen the movie Once Bitten? Because a lot of people haven't.
1: Yeah. The vampire movie. I actually own yeah. that one. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that was my one, obviously that was one of the first movies that he ever did. And I think that one is so underrated. It is hilarious because of his, just his, his facial expressions and the way the the character that he plays and and all of that I mean that's just that is a classic Jim Carrey I think and a lot of people don't necessarily even a lot of younger people don't know that movie
1: no they don't it it was never really promoted um yeah no mine uh, for me was more I wasn't really into the Ace Ventura stuff I thought it was too much like in living color and I felt almost in a way where the humor was just too so weird to say but like too immature for me at the time even when i was younger i just felt like it had its time where when it first came out it was awesome because it was still writing on the whole living color era but then as years went on like i can't really watch those movies anymore i can't watch uh ace ventura and laugh out loud but the ones that i can are dumb and dumber uh liar liar like those types of roles where they were semi-serious but with humor as well I appreciate those uh those films way better now than I did back when they actually came out yeah. um so it's kind of weird it's a weird transition but I guess that's just getting older you know things that you thought were funnier when you were a teenager just aren't that funny anymore but yeah. um you know in a way it's he's kind of like uh Will Ferrell I've always been a big Will Ferrell fan but any well you know movie you see of his he's pretty much the same character and everything so yeah um you know so you can only take so much before you're just like all right cool yeah let's turn on something else but but I'll always you know always have my love for him man he, he definitely I still think his in living color stuff is the best stuff he's ever done oh
0: yeah definitely I mean and, and I, I'm with you on the movie uh side of things I'm not I wore Ace Ventura out as a kid so now I don't I don't even want to watch it. So I, I like more yeah. of the liar, liar, and things like that because I think it has a story to it, you know, and has some type sure. of relation. Especially you and I, probably both being, you know, dads, it relate. You can relate a little bit more to the that type of character, you know, uh, uh, in that situation. But um, let's let's switch gears here. Let's talk. Let's get back to the vintage side of things. So mm-hmm. you're all in on this now. Um, your, your lives have been great. You haven't been doing you – know, you've only done, what, four or five lives?
1: Yeah, um, uh, Tuesday this – or tomorrow will be my fifth one.
0: <clears throat> okay, so so not too many of them. You have a great following. You're getting a ton of people, I think, uh, interacting and viewing. And I, I – you know, I was telling somebody else I was, you know, talking about your Instagram account and your lives, and I've, I've reached out to a couple of people, and I said, you got to tune into to Coop. And um, a couple of them had already – was already following you and one of the things I like is that you you interact with the people that are in the live and you're so you know appreciative and and um humble and I love that about your personality and, and especially when you're interacting with people that are you know taking time to watch it the giveaways are absolutely awesome um and um and and I think that's something really cool that you're you're doing but what I want to talk about is what you did last week, which, you know, the the whole, you know, dedicating the entire live to the females that are in this industry. I mean, that was a, a very creative and an awesome move, I think, from that side of things to really shine light that there are so many different types of, you know, males and females and age ranges and everything that are in this industry. And for you to highlight that and shine light on that was awesome, so talk a little bit about that and you know talk a little bit about why you did it and talk about the the money that you raised. I think you ended up raising almost five hundred and some dollars for your charity, which is amazing. Talk a little bit about that
1: well, you know there's a saying, "Go big or go home and You know, it's obviously a famous one, but I kind of have always lived my life like that. Even dating back to when I did comedy, I would write out my skits. Like there's a lot of comedians that will go up there and they'll just go based off of memory, you know, and they'll just and you can tell because they they fall flat on a lot of their jokes or they kind of forget about what it is they're going to say next. But I'm like terrified of that. So I always would write out my entire skit. I would go over it a million times before I went on stage. So it was almost like I was reading from a movie script. So I knew when I went from one joke, I was going to go, you know, directly into another joke. Like I could never just, you know, freehand stuff. So when it comes to, and I I wrote everything that I did in comedy. That was one, another special thing that I did that a lot of people don't do. They have other people write for them. But I always wrote my own stuff, came up with my own skits. And it's the same thing right now with my vintage lives is that I'm going, you know, there's a lot of lives going on right now. And I tune into all of them. And a lot of times I'll tune out within the first 30 seconds because I can just tell it's not something I'm really that interested in. And, you know, and it's not me trying to be mean or or trying to be a jerk. But like, I, I have a certain energy about me when I go on my own lives. And how I interact with people that I need that same kind of energy when I'm out of other people's lives I want to feel like I just tuned into something really special I just tuned into something really cool and so I sit down and I think about ideas and I think about everything that I would like to do that nobody else is doing that's the other thing it's really big for me I don't want to be ripping off people I don't want to be copying what what other people are doing I want to be completely original with my ideas so I just was brainstorming and I I, one night I saw that there was a, you know, called ladies night. And this, I had already had thought to myself, it'd be really cool if I had, you know, all women on my life. I think that would be a, a big step for a male to shout out women. Like that's, I'd never seen that. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the ladies night and I really loved the energy that the ladies were bringing. And also the, the stuff they had was to me, like insane. Pricing was great. And my wheels just started turning, and i I thought to myself, "You know, I've got two sisters, one of them who's in the entertainment industry, and I know the hell that she's gone through getting there in a male dominated world and you know not to try to be political or anything like that. That's not what it's about, but I really you know in growing up with a single mother and and having her be a mom and a dad, I definitely have a special place in my heart for women trying to make it in this world and so I just thought to myself, it'd be really cool to shout these women out and see what happens and to be honest man like I I really didn't have expectations and a side of me was even like I hope people tune in like are people going to be excited about this like I am and then it just got to the point where I just was like you know screw it I don't give a shit if people you know tune in or not I just know that I'm going to have fun with all these ladies tonight and honestly other than my very first show which was a pretty crazy lineup I um that was the most love I'd ever gotten in my DMs. And the most positivity was from people like, dude, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're showing the love to these women that's so awesome. And and I love that you're doing a charity. And that was a big deal, too. And uh, and I picked that charity specifically because it, uh, it helps women that, you know, are pregnant and homeless or they had a baby that they have a place to stay. And I related that to my mother, who was 19, and she already had me and my brother and nowhere to stay and I'd listen to her stories, and so that really, like, hit home with me, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to try this, too. I think it'd be really cool to um, do this charity and, and give back and and try to help women, and um, so we raised $555 on that, and then the person that runs that organization reached out to me and thanked me, which is so crazy, because I guess just based off the donation she was getting, she found it, I don't know if people put my name, like, who Caps closet or something like that, but Somehow she found me and she thanked me for doing that. And that was to me meant the most out of anything is the fact that, wow, this was just an idea I had a week ago. And now I'm getting an email from, you know, the, the president or whoever runs this company, thanking me for doing it and thinking about these women. And it, it, dude, it meant so much. And I'm like, you know what, maybe I'm onto something, man. Like maybe this is something that I should continue to do, not just with the ladies, but incorporated in my other lives and so I'm I'm really kind of toying with that idea a lot lately um, tomorrow night I go live and um, I'm doing uh, support your local business and I'm having St. Paul so I, I have like a the Warriors I don't know if you remember that movie or not but oh, yeah. the war the Warriors themed uh, flyer where it's St. Paul versus Minneapolis and I'm having shops come on and uh, it's going to be crazy, man. The stuff, I've already seen the stuff that they're bringing, and um, it should be a lot of fun, man, so I wanted to put Minnesota on the map, you know, even though I don't, I'm not from here, I live here, so I want people to know that we've got a scene here, and it's not just about California and New York, you know, as being the only scenes out there. There's there's scenes in every state, so then it got, kind of got me into the mindset of, like, okay, well, we're going to start with where I live, but we can move on to California next and it could be Northern Cal against Southern Cal. And then we can move on to, you know, other States, you know, shout your state out or something. I don't know. So my, mind, my wheels are turning with that. And, um, there's, there's a lot of good things coming, man. I I'm really excited. You know, it's, it's weird because I I've got 3,500 followers. So I know I'm not like the big dog out there, but to me, it's never been about followers. It's been about like quality and the type of people that I have on. And, um, and and the characters of the people that I have on, I handpick everybody, I don't do drawings, I don't like randomly pick people to come on, I literally reach out to these people myself, Mm -hmm. and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, and I mean, so far, the response has just been so great, you know, when you're talking to somebody that's got 150,000 followers, like Slavi, and and he's like, right away, like, dude, yeah, let's do it, I'm just like, wow, how, like, how did this happen, how was I sitting in my home on disability a year and a half ago, watching this guy on Netflix, and being like, yeah. what a rad job. So now we're talking all the time and I'm getting to know this guy over the last six months. And, you know, he's hosting or headlining my first live ever. And I mean, it's dude, it's just been great, man. The the kind of people that the relationships that I'm making, I, I don't know what it is, but based off of what other people are telling me, I, I feel like people are really digging the vibe. And that's what I really set out to is, um, you know, I'll say it here, like I said, on every live that I do, I try to create like this safe space for people to come on a Tuesday night to where they can get away from all the bullshit and the media and in the world and whatever's consuming their life and, and kind of dragging them down and just come to a place where they feel like they're hanging out with their friends where they're meeting new people and, you know, getting, like you said, shout outs in the comments. Like I think that's important for people to have a sense of value when they do that rather than, You know, I just get on and I auction some pieces and it's like, all right, guys, later. Like, that's just not me. I want to make everybody feel like they're a part of it when they're on. And, you know, I'm just getting started. So um, I really look forward to where I'm going to be in the next six months, a year. I mean, there's no telling, but so far it's been awesome, man.
0: Well I mean I think you know I'll just kind of tell you my thought on it I mean it's I think a lot of it is is a couple of things your personality and your approach like you said is 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 really good and you know you talk about like hopping on people's lives and within the first minute you're just you know if you want to be there if you don't and it's almost like these lives Um, or the way I I view these lives is almost taking the time as you would watch a show that lasts 30 minutes or however long, you know, if you're going to invest that time, which for me, time is, is very valuable. One of the most valuable things for me. So if I'm going to invest the time to watch something, I want to, I want to learn or I want to be entertained from a standpoint of, you know, laugh or really be, you know, into what they're talking about or the knowledge aspect of it and you're probably geared that way as well and and for yours here's what i can tell you about your lives you you can definitely tell that you've put thought behind it it's planned out it's there's a structure to it and when you have that it, it just things flow better it you know you're you pull people in i think people are more get more invested in that aspect of it you know the fact and, and then, you know, I'm a firm believer in what you're doing as far as giving back and, and getting people involved to give back and and giving things away and, and making it fun for, for the viewers. You know, the more that you do that and the more that you give back and the more you invest in, you know, the people that are investing in you, obviously it's going to continue to grow, you know, at a very, long, at a very fast uh, rate, I think. And then you know, the reaching out to Slobby and and becoming friends and stuff. That's what this business is about for me, at least, you know, I like, I like, I'm not, I'm, I'm a collector first and foremost. And I love the networking aspect of all of this The reselling, you know, I do this, that is a hobby, you know, that's not my full-time job. And for me, you know, I just enjoy the the interaction with people. So I sell stuff a lot of times, probably for a lot less than it's valued or worth just because I want to get it back to people and I want to get it out in circulation. And I want people to enjoy it the way I enjoy, you know, vintage pieces and things like that, that I, that I have, but, you know, taking, stepping out of that comfort zone for you, man, and just reaching out to Slobby or reaching out to people, all they can do is say, no, man, I, you know, I can't do it right now or or sometimes people don't even respond back, but yeah the fact that he did and he took that time that just says a lot about him as a person. Um, and for you all, for you to have that relationship now and create that, you know, that's just on a, probably a name that, you know, the general public know in this industry. I've had interactions with people that I, that have a lot of followers and things like that on Instagram and, and, um, you know, it's amazing to, to get to know them as a person. And I think that's the cool part of all of this. That's what I love about this industry. You know, there's so many different people, there's different types of people in different walks of life and everybody has a story and everybody. So that's kind of why I created this podcast. So to hear yours is is really cool. Um, So I appreciate you sharing some background around that. Talk talk a little bit now about some of the positives because talk about some of the positives that you see in the industry and some of the negatives that you see in the industry. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Well um I think the positives are that I feel like vintage is really kind of being put on the map bigger than it ever has before in terms of you know it, it was been about hype beast for a really long time and people buy a name brand and now people are spending more the same or you know more on Disney T shirts is you would get a Supreme t shirt for or excuse me, you know, these other brands that I guess I don't really back. I I wear one brand that's newer and it's Nike because I just like the Travis Scott Nike collab um that he always does with them. But other than that, man, you'll never see me, you know, in any kind of uh hype beast type clothing. I just it's just not my style. You know, you'll catch me in a pair of vans probably every day of the week, but um, I own a, a nice collection of both Nike and Vans. Uh, but so the positives to me, you know, are that they're, they're the fact that, you know, even though COVID sucks, it's creating this, um, this path to relationships you would have never had without it. I mean, people weren't going live when COVID was going, uh, before COVID, you know, people were just doing strictly selling or doing auctions on their. Uh, Instagram, and you never really got to know the person behind the page, and so I think that's one of the biggest positives going on right now is that so many people are going live. You're starting to finally see the face on the account and get to know these people's personalities, and also decide whether you want to mess with them or not. You know, I mean, there's definitely some people out there that you kind of go, oh, whoops, well, yeah. kind of hoping this person was a little different, but you know, it's whatever. It's it's whatever people whatever floats their boat, you know, some people like it, I'm, I'm older, so I don't always want to tune in and hear about everybody's high out of their mind, and, you know, drunk, or whatever, like, that's just not my style, so, um, so anyways, but I would say those things are positives for a lot of people, um, I think that the negatives, in my opinion, are that I, I feel like a lot of, there are a lot of people out there that kind of let stuff get to their heads, and, uh, and maybe do it for clout or maybe do it to look like, um, I don't know, like they're, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know if the passion is so much behind what they're doing in terms of their love for vintage or the t-shirt they bought. It's more Mm -hmm. about like, yeah, I can get that shirt. Like I've got the money. I'm, you know, they're like flexing basically, but, um, I, I've seen that, uh, quite a lot. Um, and I see, I think the only other real negative is that I think there's a lot of um, passive aggressiveness out there with people. And I just, I wish that uh, people that had issues with another reseller or whatever would just go to that person rather than, you know, start firestorms online or in their stories. I just, I see that. And it's like, dude, this is why I don't want to work for a corporate company. Again, I worked for T-Mobile for 12 years. You want to talk about gossip. You want to talk about a company where you heard everybody's life story, go work for a cell phone company. Cause you'll hear it all. And I, you know, I want to get away from all that drama. That's why I'm doing my own thing, but I guess it doesn't really matter where you go. It's the same everywhere, but I just try to um, try to stay out of it. And surround myself with positive people that would be yeah my best advice on that but mm-hmm. but yeah man so not sure if that's the answers you're looking for but
0: no man I mean that's, <laughs> that's, hey no that's perfect I mean that's that's your thoughts and and I I couldn't agree more with with what you were saying I mean I think I'm 41 so I think you know when I hop on a lot of these lives and stuff too it's just it just I, I'm interested in the, in the in the in the shirt or I'm interested in what they're showing and what I can, you know, but for me, I'm not getting a lot from it. Like I said, I want to be either entertained or learn and I'm not either. So I'm not entertained by what's going on so much. And then the knowledge really isn't there. It's just that, Hey, I know that this Disney shirt sold for three or $400 last weekend on a, on a virtual, you know um, you know, flea or something. And, and, you know, they don't know really the backstory of it or the history of it or, things like that. And, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I, for me, it's about, it's about the, the vintage side of it and the passion for that and the stories behind a lot of the clothing and, or the band or whatever it may be that you're interested in. You know, it's, it's more about that than it is about, you know, the value of the shirt. And, um, this is 100% my opinion, but I think, those, I think that that eventually will die out, that, that, that there will always be people coming up that look at it from that standpoint of you know the value of a shirt or I paid you know $150 for this shirt and I'm selling it for $170. I'm making a $20 profit, which makes zero sense to me from a return on investment standpoint. But like you said earlier, it's about having that and flexing and, and all of that from that standpoint. I think a lot of that will get weeded out over time. And I think you'll have the people that really want to invest in the industry and, and give back to that and learn and help other people learn. There's a lot of people in, in this industry that, that have that outlook. And I think that those will be the people that are going to be here over the next few years. So talk a little bit about what you see happening in this this arena, the vintage industry. You know, I've talked to a couple of people on my podcast about the you know the projections by 2024 of this being a 65 to 69 billion dollar industry the resale market of you know the used clothing market Um, talk a little bit about that what do you i mean what are your what's your outlook on on where this is going to go over the next five years
1: well i mean in my mind vintage was dead before i got into this i didn't know anybody that was doing you know, wearing vintage clothing in Minnesota, I hadn't heard about it from anybody in so long so in in this way, I felt like there was this resurgence right when I got into it, but I didn't realize there was already a, entire communities that were doing it. so I guess it never really went away. but based off of the last i'd say almost well about a year and a half now that I've been doing it to see the progression of um certain genres like Disney you know, uh Marvel stuff, uh even the snack tees, which I think are gonna be the next big thing personally. Um I feel like I've seen a lot of celebrities or just TV hosts wearing vintage t-shirts that even though you may not like it because you don't think they really appreciate the whole vintage side of it and they're just wearing it to wear it for fashion, it doesn't matter. Actually what it's doing is it, it is in my opinion, a positive for us because it's, you know, how are you getting Travis Scott to wear vintage clothes when that guy can afford anything? Like he could literally buy anything he wants to wear. He's choosing to put on a vintage t-shirt and the next day that vintage t-shirt goes up three times in value. Like, I love that aspect of vintage. I feel like the more and more people keep wrapping it like they are on TV and whatever they're doing, that this is going to be the next big thing and that people aren't going to care so much about wearing, uh, you know, name brand. And, um, so where are we going to be in two, you know, 2024? I don't know, but I I don't think I personally believe that the market's going to necessarily go down for Disney or that it's just a fad right now. I've never seen it like this. Okay. I've been buying on eBay for years. And now when I go on eBay to buy a Disney shirt, people are starting a shirt I could have got. Three months ago for $30, they're starting it at $300 now. So I think people have caught on to that. They're like, oh, you know, the Aladdin T is really really what set it off. Somebody's willing to buy a $6,000 Aladdin T shirt. Well, I'm not going to let my Disney shirt go less than $300, you know? And so I just think that that wave's going to keep riding, man, just like the the center check on the Nike hoodies. I asked a a beast retailer in my area that question, like, do you think that's ever going to go down in value? And they're like, no, I think Travis Scott put that on the map. And it's just one of those sought after pieces that will forever be sought after. People are always going to want that Nike center check, you know, hoodie. And I'm like, okay, well, so I kind of feel the same way with everything else that's going on right now. I don't, I don't see it going, you know, things becoming cheaper. I see the value continuing to go up. And I don't know how you stop that train. I mean, why would, I guess my question is to anybody, why would that ever go down? Why why would that value ever go down for things like Disney or, you know, like I said, Marvel t-shirts with the rarity of them? And and just, I think right now, if you, if you really dissect this, like kids growing up in the 90s, the reason everything's going up so hard right now is because now those kids that were four to eight years old in the 90s, are you know um in their early 20s and the nostalgia factor is hitting them now mm-hmm. all that disney you know lion king and uh cartoon network all that stuff it's the same for me when i see anything from the 80s i'm like oh my gosh i remember when i was a kid i was watching gi joe all the time and mask and mr t so like anytime i see stuff like that i go bonkers for that you know early 90s stuff same thing but i think that that's really what's going on is you've got Late 90s, early 2000s kids finally, you know, getting older and remembering when they were kids and they watched all those TV shows and now they want them and now they're willing to pay all this money. So I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like it's just going to keep going up in value. I think in 2024, I guess I haven't looked that far ahead, but I can see this not going away. And, yeah. and I hope that really is the case. I hope that things don't devalue. Um, but I know that was well, a really I, long answer.
0: I think too. I mean, what you, you know, they, even if they do drop a little bit, I think you'll move into something else that you know. Right. I, I've seen over the years. I mean, I go all the way back to to the '90s. To you know, when a lot of the alternative bands were, they all wanted the '80s rock band T-shirts. So they were wearing all of the '80s hair band T-shirts. They were wanting all yep. the punk band T-shirts and things like that. So those were huge. Those. <clears throat> you know and i've seen a wave and it keeps coming back i mean the nascar tees are doing really well right now and and and, and popping those were big 2 3 years ago they they had a huge surge uh, you know come up on the nascar and then it kind of died off a little bit and now it's starting to come back so i think you'll start like you said you'll start seeing different waves of things i mean i can remember 8 months ago i couldn't you couldn't sell a disney t-shirt for 30, 40 bucks, and um, you know now they've kind of you know really taken off. I think I think it'll drop a little bit, and the only reason I do is because I think that there's probably some of the rare ones like that Aladdin tee and, and some of those they didn't make a lot of, but there are a lot of the the Disney um, store T-shirts and the the ones that they sold at Disney. You know they made quite a few of those in, in that time period, so I think. That'll hurt the market a little bit. And then we'll talk about this though. This is what I'm really kind of worried about. So for people who really understand vintage and love vintage and, and the people who can afford things like celebrities like Travis Scott and things like that, you know, they're gonna buy a two or $300 t-shirt because they want the original, they want the fade, they want the wear of how it feels. Not the average person who's maybe following the trend or just wanting to be in fashion, you know, the problem that we're running into is there's a, a, a ton of people making reprints of a lot of these shirts and selling them for, you know, very low money, 10, 10 to 15 bucks, you know, at like your Walmarts and your Myers and things like that. What what do you think about that? Do you think the reprint market's going to hurt this industry?
1: Um, I don't think it has so far. I feel like you know, you're always going to have people that can't afford, you know, two, $300 t-shirts. Can you hear me, by the way? I feel like everything just went quiet. Yeah, yeah no. Okay. I can sorry. Hear um, okay. Uh, I mean, those are going to be middle school, high school kids that are going to be buying the reprints. I think anybody that really cares or loves vintage is going to be willing to, you know, save money or trade a t-shirt for the shirt they really want. So I don't know. I, I don't think the reprints are ever as good as the originals anyways. Um, I don't really see that being uh, a big deal. I do, however, see people making like one of fifties and then selling those as basically like a limited run and still being able to get a hundred to you know $200 for. I don't really see an issue with that as long as they're promoting it as that. But if they're promoting it as like, this is real vintage because they printed it on a vintage t-shirt. I think that's BS because that's false advertising and, and it's fraud, you know, and I don't want to work with people like that, but, but no, man, I don't, I don't really care about the reprints. I don't look into that kind of stuff too deeply. Cause you also got to remember when you're selling reprints in a Walmart or something, they do one run, they don't reorder. Mm-hmm. So they'll have, they'll have 10 t-shirts and that's it. They're gone. And then you got to go to the next Walmart and see if they still have that same shirt in stock. But I was, I had a clothing company in 2002 I know how all that, all that worked. I could never get. It was rare that I was able to get items that sold out within a day, for people to reorder that same thing because they were already like, you know what? Do you have any new designs? We want to move on to the next thing. And so it's very, very seldom that you get a major retailer to reorder the same print. It's usually like a one-time thing, and then when it's gone, it's gone. So I don't think that really affects the market too much, to be honest, man. And it's really up to us as resellers to be promoting our pages and to get the word out there and that's another reason why I don't do Depop and eBay anymore because if somebody were to buy something off of one of those sites and you ask them where did you get that they're going to say Depop. They're not going to say I got it from Coopcap's closet. But if you yeah. promote your, you promote your own brand and you're selling your own brand you're making your own website which I'm building right now, I got it from Coopcap's closet. So then okay. the word of mouth gets out there but but yeah man, no I'm not really worried about that to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good. You you know, I I didn't, I wasn't aware of the, them only getting a certain amount. So that makes, that makes sense. And, and uh, that's good to know for sure. But um, I'm the same way. I don't sell on Depop or eBay. I have a website and then I have a a store, like a a storefront, pop-up storefront, and then I do pop-ups live and interactions with people. Um, So I'm with you. I, I, I like to promote the brand and, and, interact with the customers and and everything from that standpoint. So I'm not a big fan of Depop and and eBay either. So let's get uh, back to kind of the personal side of things. What do you like to collect?
1: Um, I mean the the heavy collecting right now is going towards snack teas for me. Um, I'm always on the lookout for anything Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jean-Claude Van Damme related. I like horror teas. But You know, I'm really on the hunt for double XL more than anything because I'm a big guy and I can't really wear any XLs. Um, but snack teas are really my jam right now. Um, I put a lot of money into those in the last, I'd say month and a half to two months.
0: Are you trying to collect like snacks that you had as as a kid growing up
1: or what? Um, I'm trying to collect the rares, like the ones that you just don't see very often. And, uh, you know, ones that speak to me in my childhood, and or or a, sp- a specific time in my life, because I worked in that industry for 15 years. I worked for Coke for five, almost five years, and then seven up for four, and then Red Bull for two years. So I was always with those vendors, you know, the bread vendors and the chip vendors, and I saw all that stuff while it was being promoted. And the t-shirts that you find a lot of times people don't even realize those are never sold in stores. Those were given to shops or they were given to the sales rep only. And that person wore it as just a t-shirt to promote that soda drink. And then they threw it away or they donated it to the Goodwill. And then when a person finds that, they think, oh, this must've been sold at some kind of store at one point. It's like, no, they they're so limited. And so when you find the ones that are promoting a certain chip brand on Frito-Lay or whatever, you know how rare it is just because the only people wearing those was people that worked for Frito-Lay. It wasn't something they sold in the store. So once I think people can get more educated on that and find people like myself that have a good history on things like that, they'll understand the value in it. And, um, you know, I, I love telling the story. I probably told it 20 times already, but I found an all over tricks t-shirt and I mean, it was insane. I knew it was insane when I saw it on eBay. And I won the auction, and then I ran the auction, and I got five hundred and fifty dollars for it. Wow. And just to even just to even think that somebody would pay five hundred and fifty dollars for a Tricks T-shirt, it's not even comprehensible when you break it down. Like that just doesn't make sense. Like who in the hell is going to spend five hundred fifty? Well, you know what? I'll tell you who. Somebody that that really meant a lot to. Somebody that probably had Tricks cereal every day of their life growing up. That could have been their favorite cereal from the age of four till they were 20. I mean, I don't know, but clearly it was worth whatever that person was willing to pay for it. Yeah. That's another thing I'll always tell people too, is it's like, I may tell you, you know, a shirt that I want 300 for it and you pay me 300. And then a week later you find out that same shirt sold for $600 and you go, wait, what the hell? There's such a big discrepancy in price. Why did that person spend 600? And you know, I only spent 300. Well, Again, because that person, it meant that much to them. They were willing to spend that $600. It doesn't necessarily mean it's worth 600 It probably is worth 300 like I sold it for. Yeah. I had that situation happen with me where I sold a shirt for way less than what uh, another person had just bought it for because they went and searched the person I sold it to. And then that person resold it to them, but they tripled what I sold it to them for. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, I don't think it was really worth that much, but I knew the backstory and how much it meant to that person they had tattoos on their body you know dedicated to this movie and and then it made more sense and i was like you know what i can't hate on that because you know it's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it so that tricks t-shirt selling for 550 bucks probably not worth 550 dollars. i thought it would sell for 300 to be honest um but there was a lot of people that it meant a lot to them and more power to them man. and that's what i love about vintage i love seeing people get excited about something that means something to them, you know, and they're not just doing it to look cool. Yeah. And, um, anyway, so. Well, that's what
0: this is all about, man. I mean, that's like I said earlier, you know, getting, getting it in the hands to the person who has a memory or has it relate, can relate to the shirt. You know, um, I I'm with you, man. I think the snack teas are, um, are going, they're already, you know, extremely popular you know, people like the Heat Broker and and has been a collector of of Snack Tees for a while. And I think now people are starting to take notice of that. But I think what you said earlier, the rarity of some of those shirts is what I think, in my mind, makes them more valuable, because they were only given out to, like you said, people that you know, either worked in the store or, or, you know, sold the product or, or promoted it and, you know, stocked the, the grocery stores and things like that. So um, I'm with you on that from, the, from, a, from the, that standpoint. And I'm always, you know, that's why I'm always a fan of like, I like the older um, tattoo shops and things like that. I, I like to find a lot of those because they, you know, they only printed up, you know, 100 to 200 of a cycle for that one specific tattoo shop and the graphics and the ink and the stuff, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of the tattoo shirts are hand drawn, you know, by one of the artists there. So I like the rare things like that as well. And then of course, you know, like t-shirts like this, I'm a big music guy. So I love a lot of the music tees of more of the rare bands that, you know, didn't print a zillion, like don't get me wrong. I love Nirvana and love the Nirvana tees, but, there's a million of them and you know there's some of the bands that only had a few good two or three albums that were really really good you know they printed up a selection of of shirts and I like a lot of tour shirts and things like that because of the rarity of them as well you know
1: well I want to give an example of a really dope snack tea if this was in like an XL would probably go for I would ask no less than 200 on something like this but this is a slush puppy
0: Yeah.
1: And I remember having the machine as a kid. Unfortunately, this was sold to me as an extra large, but it's extra large in the kids. So it's technically like a small for women's. But I mean, single stitch, the colors are insane. It brings you back to the colors when you were a kid at the same time, because you could date the Fruit of the Loom tag. And I mean, it's just, this is why I love snack teas, because, you know, it brings you back to a really good time in your life. And, um, and I just think that right now they're still kind of slept on. I can still go on eBay all the time and find them for 20 bucks, 25 bucks for something I really want. I always notice those are the shirts too, where people always say, make me an offer. And it's like, don't be afraid to make an offer, make an offer. And I'd say
0: I buy all my shirts on eBay by making an offer.
1: I never, I always just
0: make an offer. And, you know, um, I've, I've found so many band tees and gotten so many of the t-shirts I've wanted and wanted, you know, back in my possession from when I was younger just by making an offer. But, um, yeah, the Snack Tees, I agree, man. I think they're getting ready to take off, and that makes it makes sense because the nostalgia aspect is of what it – for the Snack Tees, I think, is going to be what it was for a lot of the sports and the and nostalgia aspect of the things from a kid, you know, the Jordan stuff and the the, the sports stuff. You're still always going to have those people that want that, but – I think people are going to move into more of the, the memory aspect of, of something that they had, like you said, every day for breakfast on Saturday mornings. I'll tell you what I'm on the lookout for. So I want an 80s hubba bubba. So if you can find a hubba bubba T-shirt, 80s, hit me <laughs> up for sure, Coop. Cause I <laughs>
1: good, good luck on that one because that's on my list, and you never find them, bro. Like I know Heat he Broker just had a bubble tape which yeah. is really hard to find as well. But Big League Chews on my list, Hubba Bubba Bubblegum, and uh, yeah. and, then, and like a really a really dope Blow Pop t-shirt that I've seen. Uh, I just got a Blow Pop Bites t-shirt the other day, but I have still yet to find one that has like the crazy colors all over it. Um, but yeah, man, those those are definitely ones to look out for. Um, but yeah, if I find it and it's not in my size, I'll definitely let you know for sure.
0: I like the uh, – you have some Roger Rabbit ones on your, on your page, too, that I love. I know that they already sold. But, you know, I, I, love, I love any – I'm more of an 80s guy. Like a late 80s, early 90s is kind of my wheelhouse. So I yeah. love the movies, you know, like Karate Kids, probably one of my favorite movies. And it's not that it was, the, uh, you know, an amazing movie, but it was the very first movie I ever watched on VHS – with a VCR that my dad had purchased, you know, as a family, we all sat down and I can remember watching Karate Kid and I'm that, that movie just has stayed with me ever since. So, you know, I look for things like that. Obviously the odds of finding a Karate Kid t-shirt, promo t-shirt is,
1: you know, I can't imagine. Or, yeah. You can find them, but they're usually made for the youth. They didn't really make them in adult sizes because they didn't think, adults would want a t-shirt like that it was kind of geared towards more you know more towards kids
0: yeah it's
1: funny you say that though because uh slobby said that's his favorite movie as well and then he gets all emotional thinking about it yeah I think for the same for the same reason as uh i think with his dad and watching that movie so yeah
0: um
1: but yeah man no that's definitely of course that's like an all-time classic for sure anybody that grew up in that time
0: yeah, I'm. I've always been on the hunt, hunt for those that you know those type of t-shirts. And like you said, I mean, you just don't find them. They're, they're small. I I went down a rabbit hole. I loved gleaming. I liked the movie Gleaming the Cube growing up because I used to skateboard and stuff as a kid. And so I went looking and I found a long sleeve promo. It had the fox. Um, yeah, I have it. Oh, did you get that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I have that. Yep.
0: Yeah, so I saw it on eBay and it went. I think it ended up going for for quite a bit. And if it, if you're the one that bought it, I won't, I won't. I won't no, I didn't,
1: I didn't get it on yeah. eBay. I got it into the world vintage, sold it to me.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the no, i definitely got it. That, that's a classic long mm-hmm. sleeve. Yep. Oh.
0: yeah. So I saw that one and, and you know, that's another movie that I just absolutely loved as a kid. And, um, when, and you can't find, it, you just can't, like I saw, like I said, I saw the one was up for auction on eBay. It went much higher than I would ever pay for a t-shirt just because you know, I just can't justify it. But but yeah. but yeah, so I that's awesome, man. That's awesome that you have it. Is it your size?
1: Yeah. Uh no, because I I can't wear like I said, XLs in the nineties or eighties are really like a large. Mm-hmm. Um I'm six six and two sixty right now. I have lost thirteen pounds in the last week, which is pretty rad because I started a new diet. So props to me. I'm yeah, just that's kidding. Awesome. <laughs> But no, I, uh, I'm i trying to lose weight because I want to be able to fit into XLs again. Um, and at a time I was able to wear larges, but I don't want to get that skinny again. But no, it's, I like my shirts and extra large for displaying yeah. anything under that. I'm not really a fan of, you know, displaying because it's just too small, but it was more again, I'm a collector before anything. So it was more of like, I need to just hold it in my hand and and see it in person and then I'm I'm usually ready to let it go to another collector or somebody that wants it that much. I was that way with the uh Ninja Turtles uh bonkers candy collab that I just recently had. I didn't want to sell it at all. I mean it was an XL, it was a big XL. But all I needed really was to just hold it in my hand and look at it because Bonkers Candy as a kid was made by the Willy Wonka Company and you think of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's like all these memories tied in one. And then yeah. you think about Ninja Turtles and Ninja Turtles video game and how huge all that stuff was. But somebody else really wanted it bad, man. And I knew, you know, it's like, what's the point of me keeping it? I'm just going to hang it. You yeah. know, I'll just turn around and sell it right away to somebody that could actually wear it. And that's what I did. And I was stoked that at least I was able to take my own picture of it and, uh, and hold it in my hands for a few minutes and then let it go. Well, I wouldn't let
0: that. I I wouldn't let that gleaming the cube go because the rarity of that. I I mean, I don't know. You probably know the backstory a lot better than I do, but I'm going to guess that that was given out on set
1: during the filming of the movie. Um, I don't know about that. It it could have been a promo for like going to the movies, and they handed it out. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, you just don't. I think that's the only one they ever made. You don't, I think there's one other t-shirt where he's skateboarding on the front, but that one's like super rare. Yeah. Um, But no, I mean, it's just cool. Does
0: it have Christian Slater's name on it?
1: Uh, That I don't remember. I just remember it has that fox hit on it. Yeah. And it's long sleeve. And then it's like pink writing that's gleaming the cube on it. And it's a very underrated movie. And it's one of those movies that you, you just know, if you know, you know, if you don't, then too bad for you because that movie definitely it hit every young boy growing up and everybody went out and copied sliding out on their skateboard, you know, and, uh, and wanted to take a manhole cover off and turn it into a skateboard themselves. But
0: yeah. yeah. Yes. Hey, what about going back to backing up here to the bonkers? The commercial bonkers commercials were the best, you know, when they had enormous giant fruit that would fall on the, like the old lady or whatever it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you remember that.
0: Those were great. so let's let's so one of the things that i do um to, to wrap some things up here so um i always have you know um i have everybody do a PS, PSA a public service announcement kind of like the old cartoons that you were talking about mask had it gi joe he-man all of those so what would your psa
1: be <laughs> um so basically encouraging uh people out there that are watching um I mean, my my PSA, as I get older in life, you just, I mean, my PSA would be to just love people, man. Like, put out what you expect back and, um, you know, surround yourself, like I said earlier, with positive people and, and cut out the excess fat and the negativity in your life. It's easier than you think. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean... That's it's so it sounds cliche and cheesy, but you know you just gotta you gotta love on other you, you know love on one another and just show kindness to people and um you know and 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 if you if you don't so I guess the example is if you don't you know don't be surprised when somebody treats you like a butthole you know because if you that's how you're treating them you can't expect all star treatment back so I don't know that's my PSA man just be kind to each other kind of like the Jerry Springer would always say yeah you know be kind to each other and you know put out the energy that you expect back and uh i hope that i am giving off that vibe like i said in my lives or whenever i'm talking to somebody for the first time um so that when we hang up or whatever they walk away going oh man he's a really nice guy he's a good dude yeah rather than like i didn't really like that guy you know nobody wants to have that reputation so so anyways guys love on one another be nice to each other. That's all. That's my PSA for today.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. I love it, and that uh, holds true. You can see that in your lives, and the way you give back to to other people and and interact with people. You can definitely see that, Coop. And um, you know, I think that's a, an awesome message. You know, I've heard that message a lot on my podcast, and that makes me you know that makes me even more excited because I just so you know with my podcast, you know, I hand select who I would, who I've always wanted to interview or who I feel like, um, you know, I can, you know, would it be a good conversation and relate to. And um, everybody has had that same kind of, that th- same theme. And it's always about, you know, treating others the way you wanna be treated. And um, I've heard that message a lot and I love it. I love it. So let's have a little fun here. Let's do a quick heat check. Um, I just ask a series of questions, five questions. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Yep. so what's your favorite
1: food um my favorite food Ooh, weird because i'm on a diet right now but i i'm in, really enjoying hummus <laughs> hummus and veggie uh veggie chips but they're make them like pringles now so i just dip those in the the hummus and oh yeah i look i look forward to it every day it's delicious
0: yeah that is i love hummus as well what's your favorite movie goonies goonies just saw Goonies. Uh, obviously, I loved Goonies growing up, but I took my kids to a drive-in theater. You ever been to a drive-in theater?
1: Um, Not that I can remember, no. I yeah, so always we, wanted to, but I don't think I have.
0: Yeah, so we just went because the theaters were closed up. So there, we went in the, in the car to the drive-in theater, and we watched Goonies. And um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and um, what's your favorite, like, band, musician, rapper?
1: Favorite band? Stone Temple Pilots, and okay. Pearl Jam, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Um, if we're just talking about mainstream, I you know I'm into all kinds of genres, but in terms of rap, it would be B. I. G. is my favorite of all time, um, and then the Beastie Boys, and Run DMC. Hey,
0: uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think I,
1: I'm not 100.
0: I think you're my brother <laughs> because <yeah. laughs> that's exactly my list, man. I mean, I. I'm a diehard, I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan, so nice. I try to collect and get a hold of anything and everything Beastie Boys related, but yeah, uh, I got
1: a dope one you might like, I got, I just got a Israel tour, so everything's written in Hebrew on the, the t-shirt, it's pretty dope,
0: oh wow, is it, yeah, tough? you can
1: tell, you could tell it was probably a parking lot t-shirt, but it's single stitch, it's got a faded tag, it's definitely old, I think it's dated like 91 or 92, but so, uh, yeah, it's me. sick. Send
0: that to me yeah, I'll
1: sick. send a picture. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah,
0: um, I I'm in, in Stone Temple Pilots, Beastie Boys, I've seen, uh, all that. Oh man.
1: Yeah, that's an OG concert flag. Yeah. See how it's orange, orange with the purple. Yeah. yeah. Pretty dope.
0: Wow, I knew I knew you and I were gonna click for some reason. I I'm a, like I said, I'm a diehard Beastie Boys fan. Um, you know, I I mean, just. Probably wear people out on my Instagram page because I I put way too much BC boy stuff on there. But uh but you know it's something I like and I'm passionate about. So so what's your favorite TV show of all time?
1: Oh man, that's that's a real tough one. But it'd probably be what I'm wearing on my shirt right now, man. I think I I looked forward to in Living Color. Well, okay, so now another one popped up. I don't know if you remember the Wonder Years. Um yeah. but the Wonder Wonder Years was definitely one that I watched all the time in Living Color. Um and I mean just really all those classics, dude. Like I watched everything. I was a big TV head, big movie head, and but the ones that really stand out to me that give me the warm fuzzies would definitely be in Living Color. Uh which I still watch almost daily on YouTube. I'll watch like a, a clip. Yeah. Um uh, and then the Wonder Years, though, man, that, that one has, like, so many good memories for me. Um, I just um, got a really dope Wonder Years t-shirt and uh, really? didn't even know they were out there, but I'm really stoked that I found it. Um, and then, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I feel like I could literally talk to you for the rest of the night about TV shows, but I'll just go with those for right now.
0: Well, how about this? We'll do another podcast and we'll just hash it out about T, show, t- TV shows and and music, if you're cool with that, movies, TV, music, because I could talk forever about that stuff as well, Um, I love The Wonder Years as well, it's probably one of my top five, and probably around the same reasons, is I can remember watching and laughing in the living room with my family about that show, um, and watching that show, and then of course now, with my son and daughter, we watch it all the time, I mean, they
1: love it. Oh, nice, yeah, the opening Joe Cocker song, you know, like, That made it. And then his crush on Winnie Cooper, just like the innocence of it, I think is what I love the most because it's what I love the most about Goonies and why that's my favorite of all time is, I'm not a fan, even though I curse like a drunken sailor a lot of days in my life. I've never been a fan of watching a movie where it's like that. So I don't want to watch a bunch of kids dropping F-bombs all the time and talking about sex and all this other crap. Just never been my style. I don't like that. So the Goonies, um, even though there's some swearing in it, there's so much innocence in the characters and in that movie that that's what I gravitate towards. I love the underdogs. I love everything about that. It's the same thing with Wonder Years. There's just like so much innocence in that show. that That's what makes it awesome for me. And uh I don't know if you remember when Super 8 came out not too long ago. Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg was one of the producers on there. But the way he casted that movie, I hated it because – they were comparing it to E.T. and to Goonies and the cast and, and kind of the same thing with Stranger Things. Everybody's like, dude, you're going to love that show. Not really. I don't. I just – there's something about the way they casted it, how they had to make the one guy drop in an F-bomb every two seconds and he's probably 10 years old, 11 years old. Like, I don't – I'm not a fan of that. Like, I'm more of a fan of, like, Stand By Me. Okay, that's in my top three. Yeah, I was going right to say
0: Stand By Me was, was that way. I mean, there was an in- – The, the Lost Boys – a lot of cussing, yeah, the lo- a lot of
1: innocence in it too. Oh yeah. The Lost Boys, you know, uh, oh, Monster Squad. Sorry. Monster Squad is in my, probably my second favorite of all time besides Goonies. So it's the same thing is there's so much innocence in those characters and, you know, in, in terms of influencing you, it made you want to go out and be like that. That's how you get higher on my rating scale. It's like, how did that movie impact you mentally? Well, I try to be a Goonie every day of my life and find like mm-hmm. some, hidden treasure, a random, like, fireplace that I can go down, and Monster Squad, I started a club called the Monster Squad when I was a kid, and we always tried to find ghosts, and, you know, werewolves, in the neighbor that peeked out of the curtain, we just automatically assumed it was Dracula, I mean, it's just so rad when a movie can inspire your, your childhood like that, um, so anyways, that's I don't even know how we got on that that subject but No, and I think uh, that
0: I mean I think that I relate to that really too, man. I mean, the t-shirt, the TV shows, the movies, all of that. I agree. I mean, there's just some something that is so it takes you back to like that time period growing up as a kid when you watched it, but it still it still relates as an adult. I mean, we watched Goonies and my son was like, uh, you know, he's like, I we'd already seen it and he was like, you know, it's it's funny, but it wasn't as good as the first time I watched mm. it. But for me it was like I had never seen it. Like I was watching it. Yeah. And so it obviously related you know, I related more to that than than my son, you know, did. But then my son will sit there and watch an Adam Sandler movie and he just thinks it's the best movie ever. Yeah, and,
1: I agree. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I no, no, Adam, Adam Sandler's Sandler. funny,
0: but but after yeah. one or two times of watching, you know, the same Adam Sandler movie, yeah. it's like, okay, you know, it starts to kind of get, it's not as as good to me as, it, as like a Goonies or a Stand By Me. Those classics I could continue to watch sure. over and over, even with like the Wonder Years and things like that, you know, those shows, I could watch them over and over and over, you know.
1: But but what is good about Adam Sandler? I'll point out real quick is he always has a dope soundtrack. He always picks '80s music, uh, and he always type he always uh, casts the same guys in you, different roles. You are one. I think it's rad.
0: correct. That is the one thing, and I told my I told my kids this because we've been on a huge Adam Sandler kick, and they were like they love it because it's the same characters playing different people. Yeah. But the music is the music makes it, and and. um to go along with the comedy so that let me ask you that before we move on to the heat check this is this heat check has kind of (laughs) gotten sidetracked but i love it so do you do you think that you relate more to tv shows and movies because of the music that's in them as well
1: um no Uh, movies are by far the biggest influence um in my life in terms of shaping my childhood and things like that but music is probably the biggest thing in my life if that makes sense like yeah. i can relate any song to a moment in my life and i think it it's a blessing and a curse because most music makes me cry like and maybe it's cuz i'm not in the state i'm from anymore and i'm living somewhere else so it always reminds me of california or some memory there or a friend or an ex-girlfriend or you know even your, and my ex-wife or whatever it's just it's really weird but music to me is super powerful um And so when you incorporate that into a movie or a TV show, to me, it just makes it stand out that much more to me. Like Goonies, for example, Cyndi Lauper, um, Good Enough song is just insane. But the score in Goonies, like the... You know, like it's all like when they're in the cave, like, you know, as soon as you hear that, that's Goonies. And it gives me goosebumps even thinking about it because it's just like everything about that movie... It only got as good as it got, in my opinion, because of the music that they chose. And uh, same with Pirates of the Caribbean. I think I saw that seven times in the theater when it came out with Johnny Depp, the very first one. Dude, it was all about, I'm a big cinematography guy, so it's about cinematography, but it's about that score in Pirates of the Caribbean, dude. Like, the music in that, I just know anytime I hear it, oh, that's Pirates of the Caribbean. You know? And so, I think movies over TV shows, for sure. Because in TV shows, you can't really get away excuse me legally with using real music
0: yeah
1: it's very rare um like i don't know if you know this but the reason that one of yours has never come out on blu-ray is because warner has never come out with a deal to satisfy joe cocker because he's using that song in the beginning Mm -hmm. so they can't they can't produce that i don't know if you ever looked for it dude you can't find it on blu-ray it doesn't exist and i'm going what the hell that was such a popular show but then when you research it on Google, there's this big thing that's been going on for like 20 years with Joe Cocker and the wonder years. And he doesn't want to release the rights to that because they haven't worked out a deal. And I just think, man, what a bummer. It's almost like when Axl Rose broke up with guns and roses and you're like, dude, just get back together. Everybody wants to see guns and roses. They don't want to see Axl Rose with Buckethead and all these random dudes. You don't even know. And still yeah. calling yourself guns and roses. Um, anyways. So the long, <laughs> the long answer to your question Movies and music, for sure, over TV yeah. and music.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's what I, I'm the same way, man. I'm mean, I'm probably music, and then but it's so cool, music. I can I relate to a song or whatever, and it takes me back. I'm 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 geared the same way um, uh, around that. But what, let me ask you real quick: Star Wars. If you, do you like Star Wars?
1: I don't like new Star Wars at all, but I do like the ones we grew up with.
0: Yeah. Well, can I I confess on here, I've never seen Star Wars.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know how your childhood went, but that kind of made my childhood is having all the Star Wars Wars toys and pretending to be Luke Skywalker. So, yeah, it it always blows me away when people say that, actually. I can't believe that you're able to do that.
0: I'm a huge movie buff. So I've seen Return of the Jedi. I saw it in the theater. So that's really the only Star Wars movie I've seen, and it was my favorite. It, had it is, water.
1: yeah.
0: And, and, right. But my brother was five years – he's five years older than I am. And, and if I could pinpoint who my brother was, I love him. He's like my best, my best friend, don't get me wrong. But he was like Dwayne off the Wonder Years. or off, He was like Wayne off <laughs> the Wonder Years.
1: Is yeah, how I was like my brother. bro.
0: So, you know, he was into the Star Wars, and I really wasn't. I, I, I came along more around the, the G.I. Joe He-Man time frame. So I was all in on, on both of those as a kid growing up um and um so i i really everything growing up for me was all gi joe and um and, and he man but um and then i got out of that before really the ninja Turtles stuff even really took off but um but yeah i've never seen i've never seen star wars and it's kind of embarrassing to say that but at some point i'll get around to watching it i'm just not a big sci-fi I wonder, not a big sci-fi well,
1: guy i was gonna say um you know gi joe and man I still remember the news when G.I. Joe figures came out and, star excuse me, when Star Wars figures came out and they were all gone off the shelves. Like people were fighting over those and Cabbage Patch dolls. And then it made me think this, like we're, we're in our forties right now talking about this and it's like yesterday to us, like, Oh, I remember this and that. I was just fast forwarding. Like if we make it to be 80 years old, like what's the conversation going to be like then? Like, you know what I mean? It's like when you talk about G.I. Joe or Star Wars, to whoever's listening at that point, they're going to be like, dude, these guys are so fucking old. Like, they're <laughs> talking about G.I. Joes. That would be like us, our grandparents, talking about Howdy Doody dolls, you know, and, like, all the yeah. shit they grew up with. Like, I can't even imagine what those conversations in the vintage community will be like in 40 years from now when we're talking about toys. You know what I mean? It's just going to be like, people are going to be like, dude, those guys are so old. Like, I don't even know what a G.I. Joe is.
0: That's hilarious. Kind like
1: my, like my kids don't know. They probably won't even know how to use a phone right now. If you gave an old rotary phone, well, how do you call somebody, you know?
0: Well, that's, that's funny that you mentioned that because a couple of things. So my, I kept, my parents kept everything from like my report cards from kindergarten on. And I don't, I don't understand why, but you know, I, they most of mostly, it was mostly D's, <laughs> C's and D's, but, but uh they kept my toys and stuff. So my son growing up got to play with all of my GI Joe toys, which is kind of cool. So he he remembers that, and I tried to influence him with stuff that I grew up with as a kid. So he's really he really likes that, you know, and and, and did growing up as a kid. But he cry, he he makes fun of me because we'll start watching a show or watch something, and I'll be like, I remember I used to watch this every day after school, and he's like, what did you just come home from after school and just watch TV nonstop? And I said. If I wasn't playing outside, I was inside watching a show like the Brady Bunch or you know, something to that effect. And he and so he doesn't he can't relate because they have the phones and they have everything else that's pulling them away from
1: really investing right.
0: anything into a sitcom or a cartoon or anything.
1: Well, there's nothing of value anymore on TV anyways, unless they're watching reruns, you know. Yeah. But it's just yeah, it's a weird time, man.
0: We we watch it's, a lot. We watch a lot of reruns. We definitely do. So
1: that's good. That's they, good. They,
0: they love the, they love the stuff that I grew up with, even the music and my daughter's really in and my son's getting there too, but my son daughter's really into the fashion and all of that that I grew up with. So that's cool. We have a lot that we can relate to uh, together. So back on track to the heat check, who is your celebrity yeah. crush?
1: Um. Winnie Cooper. No, 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 no. It would definitely probably be Angelina Jolie and Charlize Theron. Okay. Um, Charlize Theron, not so much anymore after I saw her on Hot Wings and I got to listen to the way she talked. I was kind of like, she's kind of trashy. Like, you know, it's okay for women to swear and to, you know, whatever. But like when it's every other word, it kind of, I don't know. You, I mean, I get it more if you're younger, like it makes more sense to me, but she's not younger. I mean, she's yeah. older. And she was like, it just kind of made me think, like, if I was in a relationship with her, or I can only imagine whoever's in a relationship with her, those kind of thoughts, like,
0: yeah. what their
1: arguments must be like. Cause she's pretty strong willed and like just her mouth. I was just like, wow, I guess I always went off of your character and you're always so sweet in movies and, yeah. you know, so, seems so like shy and innocent. But she definitely, yeah, she's a little feisty one. But, anyways, if we're going off looks, it would be Charlize Theron and, uh, I guess Angelina Jolie. Just something mysterious about her that I've always loved. I yeah. saw one of her first I think her first movie ever when I was seventeen. And I can't remember what it was called. All I remember is she went topless in that scene and I just was like, whoa. Like it was like the first time you'd ever saw boobs, you know. And um yeah. and uh I just got hooked ever since. Like and then she did uh I think it's called Girl Interrupted, which is yeah. like super famous role that she was, she was in, so but
0: phenomenal in that movie. She was great in that movie.
1: Yeah. That'd be a rad shirt to get actually. But, um, but anyways, yeah, man, I, I'm ne- I've never, it's funny cause I've never been starstruck about women. I'm more, uh, I'm more into like when I would see a celebrity, I'd just be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just met so-and-so, but I never had like a, a, a celebrity crush, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe because it's not realistic. Yeah. And I guess that's the only reason I can think why I never put too much time into having a crush on a celebrity because it's like seriously what are the odds you know. Yeah. Gwen Stefani would be the other one though.
0: She's mine. Yeah
1: I got a rad story about her I'll share another time it's too long to talk about now. but uh,
0: probably, probably mine she's definitely in my top five but I'm the same way I'm not you know I'm not big on on celebrity crushes I always ask that question because I find it especially the age ranges of the people that I've interviewed, the, the, uh, the, the, the answer is always different. So it's, it's good to hear. But, um, well, listen, man, this has been unreal. We could talk for hours. We're about an hour and probably 30 minutes into this or 45 minutes into this already. And it's been awesome. So what I'd like to do, man, first just say thank you for coming on. This is going to be, this is going to be great. Um, So thank you for doing this. Uh, It was great talking to you. And I want to go ahead and just, you know, down the road, just plan on coming on again because we've got a lot more to talk about. All right, brother.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. And um, um, have a good week, man.
1: Yeah, you too, brother. Okay. Have a good night.
0: I hope everybody enjoyed episode number 20 with my buddy Coop of Coop Caps Closet. We're starting to hear a recurring theme here. You know, Coop's PSA was spot on. Just treat others the way you want to be treated. You know, treat others with respect, give back to others. We've been hearing that a lot, and I think it's really important, especially in the times that we're in. You know, just show each other support. Reach out to somebody, say, hey, you know, I love what you're doing. You're doing an awesome job. Uh, I think that's it can go a long way, especially in the times that we're in right now. One of the things I loved about Coop is when we, started get, when we got to the heat check, we really started talking about Things that we had in common from a standpoint of being around the same age, music, movies, TV, things like that. So that the end of that was a lot of fun for me, and I'm looking forward to having them on here soon again. I think it'd be a great episode just to talk about music, you know, TV and movies from you know our era and the time that we grew up. So I hope everybody is happy and healthy. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. So if you're not following us yet, follow us on Instagram at hexvintagethreads. And go to hexlifeandstyle.com. You know, join us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Subscribe to those to those channels. Um, leave a review, good or bad. We want to hear from you all. Share it with your friends and support us in any way that you possibly can. Now we've got a lot of cool things coming up. VH1 or Hex Storytellers. We've got a few new episodes of that coming up. And we also have um, some drinks with friends coming up as well here soon. So we look forward to you all joining us. I hope everybody's doing well. And I'll see you next week. Love you all.